Well, hello and welcome to Work Well with Stephanie Wolf, brought to you by the Whole Food Health Coach LLC, where we make your goals our goals and you're never alone on your wellness journey. Experience the information, inspiration, and collaboration of our Coach in Your Corner partnership. My name is Stephanie Wolf. I'm a national board certified health and wellness coach and proud owner of the Whole Food Health Coach now in its ninth year and five-time winner of Best of Gwinnett Award in Endocrinology, Diabetes, and Metabolism Practices. Rachel, Sherry, and I invite you to visit wholefoodhealthcoach.com to set up your 60-minute healthy living assessment. WorkWell is dedicated to your personal and professional health and wellness. I offer examples from my own life, health, marriage, family, and business. I share my research, my opinion, and my faith, designed to bring you compelling content, engaging challenges, and practical body, soul, and spirit support on your wellness journey. WorkWell comes to you from my personal desire to live long and strong with passion and purpose, die of old age, and help others to do the same. Together in partnership with Dr. Katherine Wigman of Georgia MD is a direct primary care clinic located in Swanee, Georgia, and Dr. Katherine operates on a monthly membership fee and doesn't take insurance. But members like me have her telephone number and can reach our primary care provider directly. That's awesome. And from living rooms to boardrooms here on Business Radio X, you're listening to Work Well with Stephanie Wolf. I love to start our segments with something funny. So today it's called Make Your Wish. A couple had been married for 40 years and also celebrated their 60th birthdays. During the celebration, a fairy godmother appeared and said because they had been such a loving couple all those years, she would give them each one wish. Being the faithful, loving spouse for all these years, naturally, the wife wanted for her husband and her to have a romantic vacation together, so she wished for them to travel around the world. The fairy godmother waved her wand, and boom, they had the tickets in their hand. Next, it was the husband's turn. The fairy godmother assured him he could have any wish he wanted. All he needed was to ask for his heart's desire. He paused for a moment, then said, Well, honestly, I'd like to have a woman 30 years younger than me. The fairy godmother picked up her wand, and boom, just like that, he was 90. Whoa! (laughs) I like that one. Even uh, here in the studio, I'm hearing laughter, and not just from the laugh track. Well, I'm glad that you're um, with us. I know that last week I started this segment on attitude, how we think, and we really leaned in a lot uh, to how the attitude is a little thing that makes a big difference. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, please go back uh, and listen to that one as well. And it'll give you some reasons why there's storms and how to navigate the storms. And uh, I also gave you three things that you needed to know in the midst of a storm. So today we're leaning into uh, how to keep that good attitude um, nice and strong and also how to reclaim a lost and stolen attitude if, if, if someone has snuck in and took it away. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to look at some of the thieves that can steal a good attitude. So the first one is fear. A lot of times um, 
you know, it's really fear that takes our attitude uh, from a high altitude and just on top of the world to being uh, one of a bad attitude or one of fearful attitude. So fear is a bad attitude that keeps us from being effective because it wants us to kind of cower down behind it in a certain um, way. And mostly uh, it's the fear of failure that really creates the problem for us. So if at first you don't succeed, destroy all the evidence that you've tried remember that uh, little saying and we but I think we need to understand that failure is a necessary part in the steps towards success and I've been in business for nine years I'm headed into my 10th year and I've done a lot of things well but I have learned that there's a lot of things I've learned to do well by first doing them wrong or bad not by any evil intent on my part but sometimes just by ignorance but a lot of times by fear because stepping out is not easy so sometimes when you're in business for yourself, fear is one of those things that can keep you um, tied down and not achieving and not being as successful as you want to be. So if you're not willing to fail at something, then you're likely never going to achieve anything either. Like I was afraid to start my podcasts over a year ago. And I remember thinking, well, I've never done that before. Well, I had never done it before because I never did it before. I couldn't be, I couldn't know how I'd do at it or I couldn't know if I'd be successful at it. And I'm grateful that I I overcame that fear and just faced the fear, I guess, maybe not overcame it, but faced it. And even here, you know, today, I still uh, struggle with those things because we want uh, to show up. We want to show up well, and fear can keep us from doing that. So, um, but I think very little comes out right the first time. And I think the persistence is what's most important. So the persistence of a person who encounters failure is one sign of a healthy attitude. It's just winners never quit and quitters never win. You remember that? And there was a little comic or a little story that I read about Charlie Brown, who was one day, Charlie Brown was out in his backyard having target practice with his bow and arrow. And he pulled, he'd pulled the string back and let it fly into the fence. And then he would go up to the fence where the arrow had landed and drew a target around it. Several arrows and targets later, Lucy said to Charlie Brown, you don't have target practice that way. You draw the target and then you shoot the arrow. Charlie Brown's response was, I know that, but if you do it my way, you never miss. But I said, you know what? You never learn anything either. You've got to learn um, that sometimes facing your fear does require a little more effort on your part. And then the second is faithlessness or hopelessness. And uh, we kind of learned from Alexander in the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day last uh, se segment from Judith Vorst's book. And it was just, a, you know, just a t typical young man who is really having a bad day and why he's having a bad day and his attitude kind of made it even worse. But it's sort of like Murphy's Law. Nothing is as easy as it looks. Everything takes longer than you expect. And if anything can go wrong, it will. And at the worst possible time, I don't know if you've ever heard that one. I try to avoid the Murphy's Law and just don't look at life that way. Um, I lean into my core values and God's law. Nothing is impossible for him who believes, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm made in the image of God. He's my rock. Um, he's with me in the midst of a storm. Any of those kind of things instead of the negativity of Murphy's Law. I don't know who Murphy was, but um, I, I'm glad I know who God and God's Word is. 
So I say, where there is no faith in the future, there is no power in the present. I've told people that a lot, because if we don't think things are going to be better, then a lot of times today or in the present, we just give up. But we need that power today. So where there is no faith in the future, there is no power in the present. Let's just focus on what we can do. And again, um, the fear and then hopelessness or faithlessness or whatever you want to call those two. And then the third is probably one of the more important ones, and that's negative thinking. Because negative thoughts destroy our attitude like termites in a wooden house. So they get into the structure of the house and they start eating away at it until they completely destroy it. And um, I think our thoughts can be like that because our thoughts govern our actions. And Proverbs 23, 7 says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so it's one of those that we have control over. Again, those thought, that thought process. And most of you know that I worked um, with John Maxwell for several years and um, his book, The Winning Attitude, he says, the negative thoughts produce negative actions. So positive thoughts produce positive actions. Today, we are where we are and what we are because of the thoughts that dominate our mind. So we all have the opportunity to change our minds, and I actually did a whole podcast on that. But let's look at um, what I call the six-pack or the deadly six-pack. These are the six ways negative thinking affects us and others. So the first one is negative thinking affects our whole attitude and even our countenance. You know, it shows on our face. And if you could see the pictures that were in the Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day book, you would see that not only did Alexander's face look pretty sad and pretty downcast, but also it looked like he hadn't brushed his hair. He was a little sloppy looking. I think part of that is kind of how we see, um, if we see life that way, then we don't necessarily care about how we look or how we um our world, the world around us, or at least the world we're in control of. So I always say, if you're happy and you know it, tell your face. I think there's so many people that look so much better and more attractive when they actually smile. So I want to lean into some of those thoughts. And it is in our um, best interest, but it's also in our control, how we show up in the world. And it really goes back to those thoughts. The next one is negative thinking stifles our personal growth and our personal um, future potential and creativity and success. So the more negative we think, then the less creative we are and the less successful we are. So, and then another one is negative thinking soon becomes negative talking and negative talking is contagious. So if I'm thinking negative, then eventually it's going to come out my mouth. And as it comes out my mouth negative, then somebody else is going to pick up on it and they're going to go negative. And so I always say others can catch it and spread it. So it can be um, just as contagious as germs and a virus. And the next one is negative thinking blows everything out of proportion. So it just makes it worse than what it really is. The more negative I go, the worse it feels or the worse it gets. Just again, like Alexander and his terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. So just say no to Murphy's Law and learn from Alexander's bad day that things, you know, are bad even on Australia. I don't know why they picked on Australia. I've never been there, but I love the fact that anywhere and everywhere, sometimes we think we're going to move away from our troubles or move away from our problems. And um, that's not 
the case because we go with us everywhere. So negative thinking also is an enemy of faith and it robs us of victory. So when I've got faith in myself or faith in what I'm able to do, um, then I'm looking at things a lot differently. Like in Numbers 13 and 14, both chapters actually are are amazing because some of the um, warriors saw a land of giants and they were just afraid of them. And they were like, we're not going in there. Those are those big giants are going to kill us. And others saw the land flowing with milk and honey. And so they had faith. So one was kind of governed by fear and the other by faith. And then negative thinking keeps us from enjoying life today. Because when I think about my day and all the things I have to be grateful for and thankful for and things that I can enjoy, I feel so much different than if I'm thinking about negative things and the bombardment of, um, things that are going on that tend to want to drag me down and steal my joy. So it often keeps us, um, keeps those around us also from enjoying the day as well. So it can control not just us, but it controls those we love most. So even if we're not necessarily doing it for ourselves, maybe we could do it for those we love. But negative people can hardly wait for the future so they can look back with regret. I don't know if I've, I've ever said that one, but that's a quote from a long time ago. And I do want to avoid as many of those negative comments and those negative thoughts as possible because they don't help us and they don't move us forward. And I'm all about forward movement. So the next is number four is expectations. And our own expectations are those of others on us, I think are often um, what weighs us down. It can quickly do that as well. So many bad attitudes creep up on us through both real and unreal expectations. How often we dream of the greener pasture, the more successful relationship, the happier life. You know, God nor the Constitution guarantees happiness. And the Constitution certainly guarantees your right to pursue happiness and pursue it we do, often to the detriment of our health and attitudes at times. But we need to define happiness a little better, I think. And before we try to pursue it, maybe we ought to know what it really is and what it really um, what means, what it means to each of us. And then when we talk about real or unreal, the unrealistic expectations really can keep us from enjoying the good things in life or the things we do succeed at. So focusing on those expectations and really making sure goals are good, there's nothing wrong with that. But we've also got to know that there's some satisfaction that comes from just enjoying the fact that you achieved something or you did something. Um, I always say, you know, create your to-done list versus your to-do list so that you can really celebrate what you have have done and not just always focused on that next thing so fast that you don't even have a chance to reward yourself for something that you did do well. And I think the problem is never being satisfied with what we have and always expecting something to change so that we could be happy. And that's a really dangerous place and a dangerous way to live. And I, you know, when um, we talk about that, we say, well, how's that working for you? Because it really doesn't. Things don't change that way unless we change them. And a lot of times they change more positively when we look at things more positively. 
The next is difficult people. And I'm going to spend quite a bit of time here just because I think we do blame others a lot of times for our um, attitude issues. And I wouldn't, you know, have that bad attitude if it wasn't for what they did or what she did or what he did. So difficult people, you know, they're, um, you don't want to give control over your attitude to somebody who is a difficult person in your life. So first know this, difficult people often don't realize they're difficult. <laughs> and think back on uh, everybody loves Raymond. Their uh, Raymond's parents. That's what come to mind. Why can't you just admit this is your fault? Because I don't lose things, Frank. I'm organized. Not organized. Insane. <laughs> you know, it's like the difficult people in their in our lives sometimes are just being um, average, normal people. And, um, and so there's a lot of difficult things around us. And I always say, you know, who are the difficult people in our lives? Well, maybe you're married to one. <laughs> maybe you gave birth to one. Maybe you work for one or with one. And maybe you go to church with one. Maybe you are one. So sometimes we need to look ourselves in the mirror and say, you might be the problem here. Have you ever heard that if, um, one out of every four people is unstable? Look at your three closest friends, and if they seem okay, it must be you. <laughs> I like that one because um, I do feel like there's times when uh, there was a comedian a long time ago that used to talk about having a moron gun. It just kind of would stun you. And then when you came to, you'd think, oh, I must have been a moron. Um, but a lot of times we don't want to take responsibility for those things either. So um, we just want to shoot back instead of really owning some of the things that in our own life, we might be a difficult person to someone else. So whatever the relationship, difficult people are all over the globe. And like Jim Rohn says, um, there are really only a few difficult people. They just move around a lot. So it might be one of those two things that you guys um, can identify with. But the other uh, little cartoon that I saw earlier um, in the week talked, too, about, um, you know, that God tr strategically places them throughout the world just to make it interesting. Uh, but he puts some in our families and, you know, one or two in the workplace and a few in every church or uh, business. But just remember that, you know, how de we deal with life's difficult people, we should remember, again, that we it could be us that's just looking at things in a negative way. But how do we deal with difficult people? So if you have a truly difficult person in your life, then I'm going to give you three words, love, acceptance, forgiveness, LAF. So these three words are the key to successful, stress-free life. And because uh, otherwise, if we're always thinking we're going to change somebody, we're wasting our time. So if you want to be depressed, then dwell on the difficult people in your life. If you want to be stressed out, then complain and criticize the difficult people in your life. And if you want to be just like the difficult people in your life, then focus on them and you'll become just like them. They will control you, and before you know it, you will become a difficult person to someone else. So how do we deal with these people? Number one is learn to love them, or at least learn to love what you can love about them. Scripture says, again, Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So realize that there will always be um, someone in your life wanting to sharpen that iron on you. And if one gets straightened out and isn't difficult anymore, then you're tempted to breathe a sigh of relief maybe. But hold on to your oxygen mask because as sure as the world, there'll be another who's coming along to sharpen their iron on you or you on them. 
Number two is accept the fact that you're no picnic either. And I've been leaning into that a little bit more in this particular segment than um, than I have in the others, just because these are things that we can control and we do need to understand our own weaknesses when it comes to this, because we're we all fall short and we may be someone else's moron. And we all need grace and we all need mercy. So grace is getting what you don't deserve and mercy is not getting what you do deserve. The next is forgive them, whether they deserve it or not, whether they ask for it or not, whether you want to or not. With the same measure you forgive, it's going to be measured back to you. And if you want to be loved, accepted, and forgiven, LAF, then you must learn to love, accept, and forgive. The next is read, study, take a class on the subject. There's so many books, podcasts, like Work Well with Stephanie Wolf. And there's sermons and prayers that can help you learn how to have a better attitude. But I'm, And I do believe that God's Word is the ultimate authority on the topic. Jesus dealt with a few difficult people in his life. And, um, and then the last one in this category is practice is the key to success. And life gives us lots of opportunity to practice, right? Practice makes perfect. You've heard that. I don't know about perfect, but definitely gives you the opportunities to do better and better every day. So reading can point us in the right direction, but only by actual application of what you learn are you really able to see the value in it or the benefit of protecting your attitude and that of your family or your example to others, I suppose, too. All right, so if we find that some of our attitude has been taken by any of these fear or faithlessness or negative thinking or expectations and difficult people, so what do we do about that if we find that we've lost um, our good attitude or it's been stolen from us? Most of what keeps us grounded is on the inside. I've already said that's kind of spaced right between those two ears of yours um, and mine. Most of what affects our attitude is our mind. I think it's time to reclaim our stolen attitudes or our stolen goods, cut the cord that keeps us grounded sometimes or keeps us attached to those things and become free and effective in the world that we live. So there's a key to reclaiming our stolen attitudes. And the first one is discover the lost goods. That's what you have to do first. What's missing? Um, the good attitude is gone. Where'd it go? Become a private eye. And, um, and just when did you notice it was missing? And where did you see it last? And who were you with last? <laughs> that might be a part of it as well. And then uncover the excess um, excuses that you may be making for your own bad attitudes as well. Be sincere and honest about your responsibility. You make the choice. Um, what will it take to get it back? It's up to you. So humble yourself, ask forgiveness, offer forgiveness. The next is arrest all those negative thoughts, the negative thinking. Lock them up. Throw away the key. Remember that you can do it. I believe in you. If you want to do it, you can do it. The next is recover the stolen goods. Take them back. Take back what's yours or replace them with, um, replace that bad attitude with a good one. And think on these things, Philippians 4, 8 says, whatever's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, praiseworthy, it's up to me and it's up to you. 
The last one in this category is admit responsibility for your own attitude. Become accountable. Change what needs to be changed and maintain that positive attitude. It makes you feel better, certainly make everyone around you feel better. And remember, as a part of the Clean Concepts course that I teach, attitude is a big part of um, the CLEAN acronym. So a happy, positive, thankful, and grateful attitude will lay a firm foundation for success. No matter what happens, your attitude about it will help you believe, achieve, dream, create hope and smile. How you think and how you fuel your thoughts will open doors. A bad attitude is like a flat tire. I can't go far until I change it. So that positive mental attitude promotes physical, mental, and emotional wellness. Choose happiness input um, that's happy to fuel your mind. And attitude is that little thing that can make a big difference every day. So the key factors in our attitude transformation and the process of clean concepts is to find or reclaim your faith in God, your faith in yourself, your faith in others, and desire to change. If you're um, see, if you're willing to change, that willingness is going to take you a long way. A willingness to do what is needed. So if you're willing to learn, no one can. Uh, well, I should say, if you're not willing to learn, um, no one can help you. If you are determined to learn, no one can stop you. And then decide within yourself to begin to focus on the positive side of things. Now would be a good time to start that. Set goals if you need to. There's nothing wrong with goals. You know, I, I talked about Charlie Brown and the bow and arrow, but bowling would be no fun without, you know, the pins at the end of the bowling alley. So thinking about setting goals for yourself, think about some internal goals and how to change that attitude and have some accountability in your life. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And even James 1.4 says, therefore, I will be patient in letting you and others help me to become perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That's the goal. And I need a lot of help. So I, I don't know about you, but I definitely need a lot of help in that category. So some questions that you might want to ask yourself is, have I allowed fear to control my attitude and keep me from reaching goals in my life? What is the greatest influence in my life? Is it God's word within me and the truth of that or the world around me and the circumstances it produces? Am I submitted to others in my growth process, uh, open to change, or am I still trying to just run my own life and just uh, neglect the other people in my life who care about me and have something to um, help me in that growth process? And then do I see my life as full of opportunities or full of obstacles? Are you more like Alexander and, um, and, and less like the spies that see the land of milk and honey? Are unreal expectations robbing my positive attitude? So we need to look at those expectations and make sure that we've, got, we've set some realistic ones. Am I allowing circumstances to determine my attitude? Because circumstances change. The weather changes, and storms come and storms go. It can't. I don't want my added bad, my good attitude going out with the storm. <laughs> All right, and then have I given difficult people power over my life? Am I loving them or what I can love about them, accepting them as they are, and forgiving them for their shortcomings? I love. C.S. Lewis said, "This year, this month." Or more likely this day, we have failed to practice the kind of behavior we expect from other people.
So I'm going to use the acronym ATTITUDE and um, put pull my client final thoughts together for you. The A is apply what you have learned and don't be afraid to fail. You cannot always make the right decision. Even when you do, it doesn't guarantee perfect results, but you can always learn from your mistakes. Give, you know, be a prayer as a part of your life. Lord, give me the courage to fail for if I've failed, at least I've tried. The T is turn fear into faith. Ask for a filling of confidence and love that is greater than fear. Belief is inward conviction. Faith is outward action. Realize that faith is stronger than fear. God sees your problems when things are going well. We do not need constant assurance that God is with us. But during the storm or the storms of life, there's a strong need for security. And we need to run to him and run to others who care about us. Trust a friend is the next T. Trust a friend with your desire to change um, your attitude. It's the power of agreement. More people in your life. It takes a village. So few people are successful unless a lot of people want them to be. Associate with the right people. There are two keys to remember here uh, to determine those who those people are. First, who we perceive ourselves to be, because you need to be in love, love yourself and take care of yourself. And then those we associate with. So it's no accident that kids with good grades run around with other kids with good grades and vice versa. So it's really all about our true friends and those that we spend the most of our time with. And then the I is invest in a good education. Read, read, read. Do your homework. Write out your desire for change. Make a list of goals and make sure that those goals include the measurable and and tangible things, but also make sure that they also include some of those internal things, your core values and your character and your attitudes, what we've been talking about. The next T in the word attitude is treasure. Treasure your will to choose and use it wisely. You choose not to murder. You choose not to steal, at least I hope. Uh, you you can choose not to have a bad attitude. Then there's no improvement except through change, and that's up to you. So improve continually. And in order to improve continually, you must ch- continually change. You are the key to changing your attitude. To have something you've never had, what do you have to do? Do something you've never done. Okay, the you is unlearn all of your negative thinking patterns patterns. So input determines your attitude and attitude determines your actions. So I believe people can change their lives simply by changing their attitudes, but sometimes we have to unlearn as many of those negative thinking patterns as we need to learn new ones. So be transformed by the renewing of your minds, Romans 12, 1 and 2. The next is D, develop good habits and a healthy thought life. Habits are not natural instincts. They are acquired actions or reactions. Don't just they, they don't just happen, they are learned. Once the original cause of a habit is determined, it is within your power to accept or reject and change. Most people allow their habits to control them. When those habits are hurtful, they damage our attitudes and they can damage or destroy our lives and of course the lives of others. I love the Um, Nancy Honeytree's song from the 70s, I'm going to believe that God is up to something good. 
And when I don't understand the things that happen in my life, I'm going to believe that God is up to something good. There's a lot of things I don't understand, but I'm definitely keeping my anchor um, holding on the rock. And then the E is evaluate your attitude often. So the final um, thought here in the attitude acronym is evaluate your attitude. If there's um, storm damage, then look at it closely. Take a look around. Are there thieves stealing your good attitudes? How much control are you giving to difficult people? Um, because it's really your attitude. Don't give them control of your attitude. And what am I doing about it? How am I affecting other people? Maybe you need to evaluate that when it comes to your attitude. And can I be more encouraging, more positive, and more uplifting to others? Can I worry less? Can I stress less? Can I have more faith? Evaluate yourself and your attitude often. And the final thought for today is if you are not willing to learn, no one can help you. If you are determined to learn, no one can stop you. Life begins when excuses end. Today is the beginning of everything you want. Decide what kind of life you really want and then say no to everything that isn't that. You've been listening to Work Well with Stephanie Wolf, brought to you by the Whole Food Health Coach LLC, where we make your goals our goals and you're never alone on your wellness journey. And Dr. Katherine Wigman, Georgia MD, Direct Primary Care Clinic in Swanee, Georgia. Any procedure or test that can be done in the office is included. And those after-hour visits are included as well. Dr. Catherine has been my primary care physician throughout my membership over the past two years, and I'm delighted that we are now partners in health. Go to georgiamddirect.com to see if this amazing membership is for you. And as always, for information about the Whole Food Health Coach, our corporate wellness programs, virtual classes, or our individual coaching programs, go to wholefoodhealthcoach.com. Our coaching is available virtually anywhere in the country. I'm Stephanie Wolf, wishing you well, personally and professionally. See you next time live or on your favorite podcast channel. Until then, choose life. <laughs>